Hello, welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. This is Courtney. We go through the do-dos and the don't-dos of personalized learning. Yes, we do. We are going to continue our grading series. I know. This is amazing. Why is it amazing? Um, I'm thinking it's amazing <laughs> that we've remembered. Number one, yes. <laughs> that we have more than like two ideas before we kind of fizzle out and move on to something else. Yeah. We, we kind of have a list on a whiteboard of like things related to this. So it's amazing. I think it works pretty well. So we're going to talk today about a little bit of, well, I don't know, how would you describe it? A little bit about assessment, a little bit about evidence. Yeah, um, I think it's all, a, I think it's all about assessment, actually, okay. but different kinds of assessment. Okay. Um, so, I, I mean, where do we start with this, I guess? So, in some learner-centered environments, proficiency-based environments, it, I don't think this is exclusive to learner-centered, actually. I, I think do it's, not. I, I think it's much more of just a competency-based or proficiency-based problem. Agreed. Okay. Yes. Let's let's right. start with that. Yeah. One. Let's start with like, that. Like it, it plays out. I think I think there are more ripples of from this issue in a learner centered environment. Okay. But um, it's really rooted in a proficiency based issue when a proficiency system breaks down. Okay. Do you have Led Zeppelin in your head yet? Since I just edited it in, yes. Fantastic. Okay. <laughs> so hope we don't get sued, first of all. So, no, we just do that, you know. So let's uh, let's talk anyway. a little bit about what proficiency is supposed to look like, I guess, right? That proficiency or, or competency is basically that if you have a progression of targets, right. that once you've met a target, you get to move on. Yeah. That's pretty straightforward. It is very straightforward. Uh, of course, the details get a little right. wonky, and that's yeah. that's where you have that breakdown a little bit. Yeah, right? yeah, Okay, so let's talk about that, why that breaks down a little bit. Other than that, that's a, I think that's a great way to start is, like, clearly, once a kid knows something... They have it. They have it, and you get to move on. You get to move on. That's, right. And we right. Know I that, don't think anyone can argue with that. No, and I, I think once you get to the next step of, of kids being able to learn at their own paces, learn right. at their own times. We all know that that's, that's just a fact. So some kids are going to take a little bit longer than others, and some kids are yes. going to have it right off the bat. Right, yeah. And so no, no problem there. Everybody, I think, would agree with that also. Right, right, right. And I think a piece in here also that while it might be difficult and new, ultimately no one disagrees with it, is the transparency, right? right. That it's very clear in proficiency-based or competency-based, whatever you want to call it, that um, what the target is or what the outcome is and what the expected performance is, um, you know, the level of rigor, that all of that is super clear. And what comes before, what comes after, that's all very clear. I think that's another element of, of proficiency-based that's important to be like, these are the assumptions you're working from and that you're living true to, right? That learners work at their own readiness level and pace, that the curriculum is transparent, um, and that when a learner shows that they are proficient, they move on. Okay, so where does some of this start breaking down? It starts breaking down in the whole when a learner shows they're proficient, yes. and when a learn then they get to move on. That's okay. where we see, or I see. Can't speak for you, but that's where I see a lot of um, a lot of breakdown, a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, things happening. So here's some of the breakdowns. Okay. We call them um, magic threes. 
in my district. Okay. So what does that mean? It was in my district three, a score of three on a four point scale. Go back and listen to past episodes. Um, it means um, proficient, has the complex knowledge or understanding required to show um, show proficiency for a specific purpose. Okay. Okay, that's what it means. Okay. Um, but sometimes learners get threes when they don't really have threes. Okay, so. Let's talk about why that is sometimes. So sometimes, yeah. one of one of the one of the things I can think about is that uh, the rest of the class has kind of moved on, mm-hmm. and the teacher doesn't want that to let that kid fall behind. Yep. And form another group. I mean, it's a l- l- yeah. little bit more work. Right. Uh, this is during the year. Yeah. So they just well, there's. There's some evidence, and it's close enough, and they've been working real hard. Close enough, they've been working real hard. Let's just move them on with everybody else, Mm -hmm. and they'll catch up if they need to. Right, right, right. So the other one that I see a lot is at the end of the year. Yeah. Right? It's about to be summer break, or it's the end of a reporting period. Right. And... You know, I don't. I don't want to hold that kid back, so I'll just give them the three. I'll just give them the three. Yeah. So it's like they're so close. I'll just give it to them. Or they've been um, really trying hard. Yeah. So like this, they've been really trying hard thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, we can't. If you're operating in a proficiency-based system or a standards-based system, anything where measurement is being compared to a specific criteria or criterion, Mm. um, you can't bring any inferences about ability, performance, effort into the assessment. So here's where, you know, we talk about... um, I, uh, I'm like I'm not sure which way to go with all this, but like, okay. let's let's stay there for a minute. Okay. That um, you have to stay a phrase that I've used in the past that um, some people might be familiar with, depending on what kind of organizations you work with, um, is uh, stay within the four corners of the text. Okay. Basically, what that means is you use what is there. So I think about this when I'm scoring writing. This is a really concrete example of mm-hmm. stay within the four corners of the text when when we're scoring writing. Um, and putting them on levels in the progression, mm-hmm. essentially deciding how much evidence is here to show proficiency, right? Which level are they showing proficient at? So you talk about, just to interrupt a little bit, when you're yeah. talking about scoring writing, yeah. it's with others. With others. At this point. So there's yeah, more yeah, yeah. than more than just you scoring. You're actually scoring it with others at this point. Right. Well, either I know, way, I know actually, where you're going on this. Yeah. Well, either way, point. actually. But yeah, you should be having a discussion. Like, you right. should be doing some calibrating. And so let's let's talk okay. about it as if we're in a situation where five of us are looking yep. at one piece of writing, trying to calibrate, right? So if you stay within the four corners of the text, that means you are only looking at what is there. Mm-hmm. And you're not saying things like, oh, well, I think they meant this or... You know, they talk. I can see what they're doing. I can here. see what they're doing. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, none of that. No inferences whatsoever. Right. You're just looking at the evidence that is there. And I, I've using also heard, that. I've also heard in some of these type of groups, uh, some of the teachers saying, Well, you know, I know this kid. Yes. And for this kid. For this kid. No. It's you know, I see I know what they were trying to do here. Right. And they've done it elsewhere. Right. So I'm just going to give it to him. Nope. And I'm like, no, you you, you can't. can't do that. You can't. And so, and I like the, I like the four corners of the page analogy a lot because yeah. it's that's the evidence that you have. Right. And I I say I don't know this kid. 
Right. You know, as an outsider, I'm helping score here. Right. But I don't know the kid. I don't see what they were doing. I don't know the background of them, but this is the evidence they provided. Right. And I'm, I, I can't infer anything else from, from it. No, you can't. No, and, and honestly, this I mean, this sounds cold, and I think this is where a lot of educators who are very nurturing, loving people have a hard time with this being mm-hmm. really honest yep. about where a learner is, what their evidence is showing that they can do, mm-hmm. um, and what they are doing. Um, none of that other stuff matters. It doesn't matter how hard they worked. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how quickly or how slow it was. It doesn't matter if this kid has shown it to you four other times. When you're looking at an individual piece of evidence, and by evidence, we can talk a lot about what evidence is, but in this case, we're talking about like a writing sample. Mm -hmm. You can only use what is there. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at individual pieces of evidence like so there's honesty in in a few different ways here in proficiency there's honesty about individual pieces of evidence Mm -hmm. and then there's also honesty about um kind of like their overall performance we'll get to that yeah we'll get to that in a moment but this this kind of honesty really requires you to be really honest and and kind of cold and a little bit black and white about is the evidence there or not um, is there enough evidence there or not, you know, for, for this particular writing sample or this particular speech or this particular whatever um, to show what I needed them to show? So one of the things you mentioned before was that the, the effort doesn't count. No. All of the, the attitude doesn't count. Nope. And when you say that, it does count, but not for this individual target. Right, that's it, what I mean. It, it does count, count for the in target. some of the other things, like whether sure. it's guiding principles or 21st Absolutely. century skills or whatever way you want to do it. Right. Those count for that thing, and that's worth a lot. Yeah. But for the academic target that you're trying to score, that stuff's irrelevant. Right. It's it's just like, you know, so if I asked kids to make a comic strip, you know, illustrating mitosis, and one kid gives me, like, you know, black and white sketch drawings but nails it and it's funny and, like, you know, makes a lot of sense and really explains it well. Mm -hmm. And then another kid gives me this like highly graphic produced comic strip, but doesn't actually get mitosis right. Who gets the proficient? The stick drawings. Like that stuff doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's the, the knowledge and the skills. So let's talk about the other one. The other one, when we talk about preponderance of evidence, Yeah, so here's where, so this is the whole idea of um, when do they get to move on, Mm -hmm. right? So, um, and in my district, and I think in yours also, it's when it's up to the the teacher. Yeah. So a program doesn't do this. It's it's teacher driven. The the teacher decides when they have a preponderance, they get to move on. Right. Which I think is the right way to do it. Right. Obviously, since I work in that district and (laughs) you work in that type of district. So I do. uh, Yeah. And that gives gives the teacher the idea. And it's not, it's not as cold as like a program that averages stuff together or trains it or anything. It's like a teacher can look at this preponderance of evidence and see. So what does preponderance of evidence mean? That is the question, right? So here's where some, one of the other breakdowns that I see the most is, is when I'm looking at our um, tracking system and we're looking at, one piece of evidence mm-hmm. has a proficient score on it, and the teacher says that's enough because I know all the work that they've done in the meantime to get there. Right. I'm like, well, you're looking at one piece of evidence. I mean, how 
how would a parent see that is like, okay, that's one test or assessment or project or whatever it is. Where's the rest of it? What else have they been doing? And my argument with this is anytime that a teacher gives a test, it is not going to be reliable. Mm -mm. Because think of it this way. Okay. Okay. And let's think of it like the old system. The zero to hundred system. Yeah. First of all, okay. I'm a math teacher. I'm giving a test. Kid gets an eighty, and another kid gets a ninety. Right. Okay, but what I've seen before is that those kids are basically equivalent. Okay. Okay. If I gave the exact same test the next day, would the kids get the same grade? We don't know. I know. Oh, oh, do you now? Hell yeah. The answer is probably not, <laughs> yeah. right? Okay. The answer is probably not. They're not going to get exactly an 80. And that's, you know, those are error bars. Those are, you, you have a margin of error. And anytime you give any assessment, yeah, I'll there's, buy, a, yes. there's a margin, right? Y- yes. So if I'm giving one piece of evidence. Oh, uh, yeah. And there's... the kid gets a proficient score in that, awesome. But how do you know that they're on the low side of the error bars so they really nailed it or did they just get lucky once and know a lot of it but don't really know it right we want them to know it before they move on right and we want to be sure as a teacher that we're not sending kids on with holes yeah yeah yeah. right yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah i don't think people i um, i don't think most people most teachers most parents think about it from that statistical no absolutely lens. not absolutely not <laughs> but it's an important lens and, te- to and, the, and in. the thing is teachers yeah. aren't supposed to give reliable assessments every single time no we're not trained for that sort no, of no, thing no. and yeah. it's really difficult to do that right it's really really difficult to give a reliable test once and say yes this is exactly where a right. kid is right 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 we know that's not true but if we gather enough evidence over time that that proficiency keeps happening over and over, those air bars get really tight, as it were, and you can kind of pinpoint where kids are if they've nailed something or not, or if they're still at the foundational level and need some more work. Mm. Or, going the other way, if they've got enough to go up to the four. Right. Because, which, if you heard our last episode, we don't really believe in fours. I know. We but don't. Go back they're and there. listen. Hey, go back you know, and listen. It's fine. Yeah. But... There, there, I, I don't think you can do it with one piece of assessment. And if I'm looking at a score trying to help teachers trying to figure out if a kid is proficient or not, mm. which does happen every so often, if there's enough evidence there, you can kind of talk about it and say, okay, well, over time, what what, what has the trend been? What, what have right. you seen? But you have to have pieces of evidence. You can't have just one piece. Right. I like what you just said, trend. Yeah. Trend. Okay. And so I think what... What I'm thinking about in my head when I'm hearing you say this is, like, that um, I think people are still struggling with the difference between um, formative and summative assessment. And I I didn't even really want to say those two words Mm -hmm. because I firmly believe in the classroom setting, in the school building setting, it's all formative. Yeah, I agree. The only summative tests that are happening are those state tests. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the new year. I'm not even convinced that's that's I would summative. Say no to that one. Yeah. Um, so for a long time, people kind of came. 
I don't I don't really understand totally where this came from, but in we were talking a lot about how like, oh well the end of unit tests, like that's the summative test and blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. In a proficiency based system, that all goes away. No, it's all formative. Mm -hmm. And so I think people are really hesitant to use things like classroom observation notes, mm -hmm. um, notes from a conference, you know, rough drafts, um, journal work, chicken scratch <laughs> as they're practicing things. Mm -hmm. I think people for some reason are hesitant to use that as evidence. But if you use that stuff as evidence, over time, right, in addition with things like the final product or the published mm -hmm. piece or whatever, then you do have enough evidence to make a judgment. So like when I hear you say teachers saying things like, oh, well, I saw it all along. Fantastic. If you saw it all along, you need documentation. Yep. And that's what the conversation turns to. Right. Which turns into a conversation about that's a lot of work. And my response is, well, yeah, but that's what kids are showing you. Right. And if we're reporting for purposes not just for the kid but for their parents to see where they are, that's evidence that you should show them that, right. yes, little Courtney has been working this hard on this right. target and these are the evidence that they've shown over the past six weeks or so. Yeah. So you don't just see that end result. You see all the work along the way. Right. And they started with the foundational and they're working towards the complex and now they've shown right. that three or four times in the last couple of weeks and this is why, and this is what it was, and here's what I'm giving them for a score as a result of that. Right. And so I, I want to offer some, like, a, a strategy or two for how to how to handle this documenting preponderance of evidence. Okay. Um, because I think that that's a place where teachers are, feel like, well, how am I supposed to do that, mm -hmm. right? Um, so how often, a question I have for people is, like, how often do you want to put marks in a reporting system, right? Is it unreasonable that you would put at least one mark per student per week in a grading system? I don't think it is. I don't think so either. Um, I think I think some people might initially say that's a lot. Um, I don't know why they would, but some people might. And then I also think if they actually sat down and thought about the kinds of tasks and assignments they're making their learners do just to generate scores for the grade book, they'd see that they're already doing it. Mm -hmm. So the argument here is just switch this. Mm -hmm. So instead of giving out like worksheets or tasks, right, aimed at collecting specific types of evidence, or right, instead flip it so that you're just worrying about the target. And every week there's something that goes in that just says evidence you know, evidence A, evidence B, evidence C, it doesn't matter. And then every week you put something there. And you can note, like, was this an observation? Was this a worksheet? Was this mm -hmm. a conversation? So then over time you have that record of evidence to look at. And that's when you can look at the trend. And that's when you can say, do, do I have the preponderance of evidence? Do I have... Um, I don't want to use the word enough. Do I have the right or, no, no, do I have convincing evidence that this learner is meeting this particular target? Convincing evidence, right? Because totally like you said, um, it depends. It depends on the student. Mm -hmm. It depends on the target. There are some targets out there where you really maybe only need to do it once 
in order to show that you've got it. Yeah, I, I would say that's absolutely true. Yeah. But every target is different. Every target is so different. So you just yeah. have to. You have and to, every learner is different. You so have to put that all together. Yeah. When you have to a be. Right. It really makes me think of, I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, and people are probably like, oh, shut up about it, Courtney. But the um, the parachute task, the parachute grading from Ken O'Connor's How to Grade for Learning. It's it's this. It's so like, you know, the class, you have a graph with a class with all their different scores and they had to pack a parachute like, you know, I want to say six different times over the course of the class. And then it shows you like the traditional grades or whatever. And you can see the clear trend line. Right. And the kid that gets better or the student, you know, this kid, but there's a student who gets better every single time um, fails the class. Anyway, I mean, that's a totally different thing. But, like, if you took off those regular letter grades and just looked at those trends over time towards the target of being skilled at packing a parachute, it's very clear who meets and who doesn't. And it's not one time. Okay. All right. Anyway, so, yeah, I I think I want to back up a little bit and just kind of reiterate that what we've been talking about is the difference between – Um, scoring one piece of evidence and scoring or looking at a large set of evidence in order to score a target. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's something else that gets lost and adds to the breakdown of proficiency systems. Agreed. When people use, when people think that one piece of evidence equals the target. So if you still have questions or comments, please let us know at PLearnMC on Twitter on our Facebook page where we posted that cool grading video. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah, thank you for doing that. And uh, let us know your feedback on these particular questions. Excellent. So um, anything we want to share about things that are coming up? Yes, we do. We are keynoting at a conference in Nebraska coming up in about two and a half weeks or so. Holy moly, two and a half weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So that is the Nebraska Digital Learning Association. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll be in Lincoln on the 14th of February. Yes. Excellent. And yes. So we've got some uh, more exciting news coming out uh, fairly soon mm-hmm. uh, that we'll, we'll share with you. Uh, but, again, let us know your feedback. We'd be happy to talk to you any way we possibly can. Right on. All right. We'll talk next time. Yeah.